Welcome back to the Wine Tech Insiders Podcast, episode 31. No glass bottles and prices are on the rise. Um, we've got um, a lot of topics. Jonathan and I were just at Pro Wine and people were talking about price uh, glass bottles. Um, prices of uh, wines are going up um, and uh, producers can't find bottles in many cases. Um, there is some good news. Global consumption um, did increase last year by 4% in volume and 16% in value, which means people are buying more quality wines. Um, and uh, But um, production was down 1% because a lot of uh, premium regions like Bordeaux, Champagne, and, and had, 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 had problems with the harvest. Uh, it, was a, it was a bad harvest for them. Um, but there's a lot of kind of uncertainty after, after many years of reliable prices, reliable this, reliable that. This is another kind of uncertain thing. Lori, um, what are you hearing? Is there, what's going on with bottle supply? Obviously you're coming in um, with <laughs> labels and images, but um, I'm sure people are talking about um, bottle supply too. Absolutely. Um, so Outchannery does, as you know, like um, bottle shots, so product images without the need of physical samples. So sometimes um, wineries like start getting the visual content ahead of time. Like they, they supposedly like know their glass bottle, uh, you know, the capsule and like the wine and they, they have everything ready to go. But what, what we've been seeing is like the uncertainty until the very last minute of like what kind of bottle shape is gonna be available. Some I think compromise that would have not been made even like a few years ago of just like, you know what, we used to have uh, more like slightly more iconic bottle shape with like maybe like a punt that was a little bit like heavier or just like more interesting or even in some cases like a, a custom embossing on the shoulders. And right now this is impossible to get just too complicated, too costly, and they just like forego that altogether, like just to get the liquid into the bottle, um, securing the glass in quant enough quantity of the glass um, has been challenging uh, for, for some of the smaller um, customers, but also like some of the bigger ones, like we're seeing, like they are actually kind of, they used to have a certain, like, I don't know, like a big wine group would use maybe like five or six, five maximum like bottle shapes maybe two different type of burgundy you know like a low shoulder and a high shoulder and then maybe a tapered bordeaux and like a regular and and then one extra shape let's, let's say for sparkling but we're seeing those an explosion is like okay well we're going to put all the pinot grigio in that shape that we can kind of fit and then well Sauvignon Blanc is going to be another one because that's what we could find so suddenly like the same you know a producer would have like I'm not saying 20 bottle shades, but just like the, the variety and like the sheer um, amount um, that way. But I still need to work with the labels that they don't want to reprint with a different die cut. There's a lot of like juggling and compromises, compromise, sorry. And um, from what we see in some of those very last minute, uh, like crunch for time, like some of those decisions need to be made like, you know, almost like the day off or the week prior, depending on the cases. Yeah. Uh, Nick, I mean, should should wine probably be worth more? I mean, is it is it too cheap? It, is our price rises even if there's a reason behind it? Is should consumers 
expect some some price rises uh, you know that 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 the price of wine goes up um is this a good thing or uh, what, what what's your take on this so um i'm i'm guessing that consumers expect everything to go up in price at the moment given that you know shortages of everything from gas that is required to make bricks and is required for the production of glass, which has been, if you like, prioritized for the consumer in France over the course of this last winter, and I think is now being switched during the summer months to manufacturing, but as a result of which there have been, um, you know, there have been really severe shortages across every single market and clearly um, the, mater the, the materials that are used by winemakers um, for bottling are far from being an exception. Um, so I think the cost of wine probably will go up a bit. Um, obviously, depending on the market you're in, excise, tax, duty accounts for a very significant proportion of the value of the wine at the lower end anyway. Um, and um, I would imagine that we'll hopefully see a lot less heavy, big shouldered bottles because I suspect that that, that it will I suspect that, that that a significant amount of money goes into those heavier, bigger bottles. And um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if suppliers are um, are, are, are going to um, be short of those sorts of, of styles of, of um, container, um, more so than standard bottles. Um, so I don't know. I don't know that it's a. I don't know that, that I don't know that inflation is a good thing, particularly David. Um, I think that's you know it's, but it is what it is, and we've got it for a while. And until you know the global supply chains reshape themselves into whatever they're going to be, then I think that that those those. Um, those increased costs of raw, you know, of raw materials, of labor and of distribution are going to be with us for some time, unfortunately. Um, yes, and I saw that that um, there's much talk of closures being the um, the great route forward for saving money. Um, that, that may that may be the case. Um, what we're also seeing, however, is more producers wanting a closer link with the consumer, looking at ways in which they can capture more downstream value um, of their product. And therefore, um, they rather rely on closures to put their NFTs um, uh, on the bottle and to be able to track those bottles, to be able to put them on the global blockchain, to be able to um manage um downstream value and uh authenticity and all of those good things so you know i don't suppose it really matters what the what the closure is made out of and i don't think it really matters that much full stop other than it's quite convenient as a carrier of some of those technologies so i suspect uh, at the sort of the higher end of the market um we will not see Closures going away anytime soon, um, um, but we may see, you know, we may see more wax dipping and that sort of stuff. I mean, so you mentioned wax dipping. Um, um, so I'm relocated to Portugal for a few months, and the amount of bottles of wine 
dipped in wax, natural wax, is outstanding, especially if you step like a little bit out of the more commercial brand. I've never seen so many different colors of wax, different kind of like way to dip it. Like it's just, um, yeah, it's been very cool um, to see. As I don't know if it's a trend or just like already a way to get rid of those capsules and to to just differentiate yourself on the sustainability and um, recycling craft. But it's been on a pure um, visual standpoint, I've been really much enjoying it. <laughs> Jonathan, I want to get you in. What what are you hearing about uh, all of this? Well, I think like it's it's very interesting times. I mean, the pandemic we thought was disruptive, but it was really only in some you say only disruptive to sales and distribution. Um, it didn't really disrupt production. Um, and now, once we're seeing coming out of the um, out of out of the pandemic, as the different that the world is opened up at different speeds. Um, we're seeing now a disruption on the production side, and that is, it feels 10 times more significant than it was on the marketing and distribution. You could solve marketing and distribution with hopping on Zoom calls and sending the bottles by mail that you were able to make your sales that way. And now you, if you can't even get the wine into the container, that's a whole different set of problems um, to deal with. And so, you know, if you could say that the disruption is one of the best sources of innovation and, you know, that might be, you know, this perfect storm coming to the wine industry that is throwing out all these rules that were optimized over 30, 40 years of globalization, optimizations, tweaking of the global supply chains that is now falling away and people are having to find out new innovative ways on the production side, which would just not have been, you know, that would have been like treated as gimmicks and, um, you know, just blown blown off by the establishment um, a few years ago. And now the establishment is the ones that are resorting to these. And that's going to, you know, I think have an impact on the, on the uptake. Um, then um, it also, you know, the best thing to drive change in any industry is the, is money. And, um, and with the cost going up, that's going to open up, you know, reasons to innovate. And it's also going to open the door for new companies to do new things where it was just too optimized before for them to find a niche or a, a toehold. I think one of the most exciting products um, along this line is they, like at London Wine Fair, you'll be able to see is when in Rome, um, they are um, claiming to have the first paper bottle um, on the market. And, um, it's not entirely paper. Um, it's, it's not Tetra Pak, but rather it's more built on uh, a bag and box concept, but it's, it, it looks like a bottle. It is, you know, you can pour it like a bottle. It's not that you're holding a handle up and then pressing a spigot. Um, and I think like they, um, even if they're not the first, they're, you know, they are one of the first and I think they're, they're known for other products as well. So I think they're, they really have a chance of capturing the, you know, the spirit of the moment, and bringing something to market, especially in the UK. If they're, you know, if you're, if you if it's really, really struggling to get bottles, um, this is a really lightweight way. We've talked about, you know, drink printing, and mm -hmm. you know, the cost of. I think Laura, you mentioned this on a previous podcast, the cost of like shipping, putting something in glass is that you're actually having to first ship the glass to the bottling facility even before you ship the glass out with the bottle with the wine in it to yeah. destination and you know a bag in 
bottle, <laughs> so to speak, or, um, you know, it's a really innovative approach to try it that, that could solve a couple issues at the same time. So it's, um, it's obviously a struggling, you know, a challenging time for people, but the conditions are also ripe for innovation and for new players to come in and provide solutions that fit the needs are more sustainable. And it's just going to be some interesting, I think some really exciting things that come out over the next yeah. few years. I'm just curious to see how it's going to work timeline-wise, right? Like if everything that's pertaining to, and that's not my expertise, but like more like agricultural cycle and like cycles, sorry, like right now you see a lot of the news are about the wheat in Ukraine that's not making it out and, uh, you know, like sunflowers and all that great seed and all that things. It just, the problem is like the wine is highly cyclical in following the year, right? Like it's an agricultural business. And so anything that is, you know, like, like, yeah, it's just like, that's an extra challenge. Like even if the technology is being built, like how does that work with what's happening now? And I don't have the answer, but I can, only imagine like that extreme challenge. Nick, have you have you seen any of these like questions already happening or, or like tough decision or like are you hearing it from the grapevine? No, I mean I totally agree with Jonathan that the kind of the bag in the you know the wine in the box type sort of market is definitely going to grow. I think it already has grown quite a lot, hasn't it, over the last yeah. couple of years. Um, and it's convenient and for, you know, a, a, a significant chunk of the market, um, you know, does it really need to be in a bottle? Uh, so I completely agree with that. And I think that, yeah. will, I think that will continue. Yeah. I'm seeing more and more of this, um, and we're seeing it like, quite a bit with our clients, is a rather new format, which is like a magnum container, like, like size, so 1.5 litre, but it's a pouch with a spigot. So... It's a bag in a box that is not three liter, but 1.5 without the box. So it's just a bag, you know, that is like branded. I guess it's like, which also makes sense. At one point it's like, okay, do we need the box, right? Like the box is purely, you know, we're talking about the capsule being like a branding ornamental. And as a designer, I love it, but technically it has also no purpose aside from being like neatly stackable. So we're seeing really more and more of these bag in, Bag without a box, 1.5 liters. I can't remember. I think they call it super pouch. Or I think they should come up with a better name. Um, but like <laughs> we're seeing more and more of those um, those packaging out of Australia right now. And I'm personally drinking some of Portuguese wine like that. And it fits great in the fridge. Like 1.5 liters in a pouch just goes anywhere in the fridge versus like, you know, like a bag in a box that can be more challenging. So it's also... Yeah, it's been fun. Um, well, what do you, you know, I mean, is, 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 that, is that the future or is the desire for producers to build and create brands just as in any other market fundamentally going to be a more significant underlying driver? Yeah, I mean, I don't have the answer. I think it's a bit of like testing. From what we see, it's right now more with like, uh, not affordable, but like entry market wines, you know, like we're not talking like super premium. One of the selling points, and that often really much mentioned on the front, is like, just like a bag in a box, it stays fresh up to three weeks after opening. Like, you know, like it kind of also like sell on like its light and, you know, like, so there's a lot of it like about like, just like the, technology of that tap, a spigot, like you mentioned, Jonathan, and how 
it's winning for the for the consumer um, that way. But yeah, like it's I don't see it nearly. I mean, it's a very different for opening like a, a magnum bottle with all like the ceremonial and everything and opening a big pouch, technically the same quantity of wine, but it's almost like we're not talking the same product, right? Like it's just very No, it's very a different, different. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a market, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 I can't imagine opening a 1962 pouch um like i did a bottle of a bottle of a bottle of wine last week yeah. <laughs> well if, nick if you ever bring a pouch to dinner at somebody else's house then you, know something. But then you don't you don't show anyone you just put it in the decanter yeah. I mean, that could be a test though right <laughs> well that, that, that is that is an interesting way to look at it laurie because we we do that with soaps right soaps and detergents yeah. you um you maybe buy you know a plastic container for your for your soaper we have a refillable uh, soap dispenser hand soap dispenser and we just buy bags we don't buy plastic containers that we throw away it's just a bag which okay is admittedly still plastic but it's less material than otherwise and if you're all you're doing is trying to get it from the store to your decanter i mean the italians do it great as well they just take the they just take the vessel to the local the local cooperative get the gas uh, the gas pump handle pump it full and take it back to the restaurant there is no yeah. you know there is no wastage in that uh, in that uh, in that life cycle which is uh, it's yeah. really elegant i mean i guess in a way you know um thomas jefferson was probably the first eco warrior insofar as he shipped whole barrels from bordeaux didn't he to to, to dc uh to wherever he was based to uh to then kind of you know bottle as he went i guess interesting <laughs> interesting well that's great thank you so much for joining us for uh, a discussion about glass bottles and prices on the rise that was episode 31 of the wine tech insiders i'd like to thank the insiders laurie from a chinery uh, jonathan from bottle books and nick from wine owners see you all in a few weeks Thank you, David. Bye. Bye, everyone.